Thank you, Scott. And this is the second hour of the Garden Hotline, which is the tip of the trowel. Special on-air recognition for individual group or situation that's made an impression on me during this past week. And it's brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. But right now we have some phone lines open, and if you have any ideas, questions, concerns, or comments, like putting Tabasco sauce on birdseed, whoa, never heard of that. And uh, your plant world, inside, outside, feeding the birds, you can give us a call, 314 436-7900 436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Drew is producing today, very important player in the game, and he answers the phone, just needs your first name, and then he'll put it up on the computer screen, and then I'll be talking to you. And we can uh, discuss anything at all from how to do, what to do, can you still do this, should you not do that, how about your herbs, uh, How's your rosemary tree? We can't find any rosemary tree. Every year we buy a a rosemary plant that's been pruned to kind of look like a Christmas tree. You know, small, obviously. But uh, we have one from a couple years ago that has been outside. But we always just like to have one that's shaped like a Christmas tree. And can't find them anyplace. I don't know what's going on. So maybe I'll call the garden hotline and see what that guy says about where to find him. Anyway, enough of that goofy stuff. And I'm Mike Miller hosting the garden hotline for uh, almost 30 years. Oh, my gosh. I was so young when I started. But anyway, besides a Saturday morning get-together, I can come out to your plant world for an on-site consultation, a walk and talk. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com, and there's my email address and phone number. And as I said before, the today's tip of the trial is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Tip of the trial goes out to all the seasonal decorators. I mean, there are some people, some people it's a little too much. I think uh, it's kind of like with landscaping and plants and everything else. Once you get too much, it kind of ruins the, you know, the, the aesthetic quality, at least for me. But, I mean, there are some people that have done some very tasteful stuff. So the seasonal decorators all over. The, we drove around the other day, and even during the day, some of them really were strikingly nice. And you could see it. They were going to be very different at night. But with your uh, popular outdoor decorations, whether string of lights, dangling ornaments, inflatables, use common sense, you know, whether stringing, hanging, or placing because of the heat that can be generated, or physically rubbing and opening, you know, let's say bark, twigs on branches and things like that, and causing some damage. The inflatables, the motors that generate will generate heat, then inflate, will generate heat. And then when deflated, it causes fungus problems, so bacteria problems as well. So anything that where the inflatables lay down all day long on top of something, especially when we've got temperatures like we have with the humidity like it's been for the last couple days. So just realize that Popular decorations can be fantastic and great and enjoyable. As I said, I gave them the tip of the trowel, 
But, you know, use some common sense. I've got a couple ornaments that are pretty big, and uh, I've noticed over time where I've stopped actually hanging them in certain, you know, circumstances because it did, I could see that it was doing some damage just for the physical quality of the, what I was using. I've Now what I use to hang the bigger ornaments is shower curtain rings and plastic ones because they seem to do less damage than any of the metal ones or anything else. So anyway, lots of different crazy stuff going on. Let's go over to Jim's yard. Hi, Jim. How are you? Morgan, sir. I uh, just had my first eagle flyby of the morning. Wow, great. Yeah, I got a pair living here along the Burbis River. A uh, couple quickies. Uh, crepe myrtles. Uh, I've tended not to trim them because some of the canes will flower again the next spring. Sure. Now, obviously, what I'm going to do is cut out the ones that didn't last season, but I think I'll leave the others uh, in the hopes that maybe they'll uh, bud out in the spring. Is that uh, acceptable? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I would do. Anything that doesn't leaf out, then, you know, that could be cut down low, and the rest of them, just leave them alone. And low by six, six to eight inches above ground level. I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, six to eight inches above ground level, the ones I cut out. Yeah, you can cut them even a little bit lower, but that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Secondly, I have healed in several raspberry bushes and blueberry bushes for planting in the spring. What time of the year would that be advisable to replant and put in my bed? Probably sometime after uh, mid-March. Okay. Because the ground uh, is going to start to warm up, and that's what activates uh, root system establishment. All right. Uh, secondly, I did the same thing with several Japanese flowering cherries, uh, hoping that uh, if I lose any, I could replace them. Would you plant those about the same time? Yes. Okay. Well, that seems to cover the questions I have for the morning. Uh, I thank you very much for your service, sir. Sure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show. Yes, good day. Yes. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We'll be back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's head over to Betty's yard. Hi, Betty. Hello. Hi. Yeah, hi. Uh, I was wanting to respond to, to the caller that called about looking for a rosemary tree. Yeah, that's me. Uh, I purchased <laughs> one at Deerberg's on Zumbelt Road in St. Charles. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. wonder why they, uh, we go to Deerberg's all the time. I haven't seen any there. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So in St. Charles. Yes. Well, great. Well, thanks. Okay. Have a good day. Yep. Zumbel Road in St. Charles. Have to give that a try. And now let's go over to Bob's yard. Hi, Bob. Hi, Mike. Hi. Uh, I've got several chrysanthemum plants in a planting area, and I wonder if I just leave them there, are they going to Will they come back next year, or do do I need to do something to ensure they come back? Uh, how did you get them in the fall, or did you grow them all season long? Uh, I I got them in late summer, not in the fall. Okay, so They've been in the ground quite a while. Okay, so basically, what you need to do is just look 
at the stems where the stems are coming up out of the ground. And if there's little leaflets at the on the stems, then they should be fine. If there's not any leaflets uh, on the stems, then it could be a little bit marginal. So in other words, they didn't get the well-established enough as far as the root system goes. But uh, just go ahead and leave them alone. Don't cut them back because everything that has been growing is protecting the root system, protecting the crown, protecting everything from the winter weather. And then do the pruning in the springtime, sometime uh, after mid to late March. Okay, sounds good. And then also they need fertilizing. So as soon as you start to see active growth, then you can start fertilizing just like you would any other perennial. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Yep. My pleasure. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. How about uh, paper white narcissus? Yes, those are very easy to grow bulbs. They flower very nicely, and but what happens is they don't rebloom again, so they're more or less a toss-out type thing. So they're going to be available, already growing, or you can still get the bulbs at certain garden centers. So just kind of keep that in mind. And then uh, your houseplants. Other houseplants that uh, really do very nicely this time of year is the bromeliads. They're very low care. All you have to do is kind of keep them, uh, depending upon what variety, because there are a lot of different bromeliads. Some of them, very colorful foliage and almost have like a cup in the center. And that's, you know, really important as well. Uh, Well, let's see what else we need to think about those uh, bulbs, paper whites, and uh, amaryllis. That's one of my favorites as well. The amaryllis, we saw, actually, I forget what store we were in the other day. But, I mean, they had the amaryllis, and they were almost just like in a cup. And I thought, gee, there's no potting mix or anything. So I would be curious. I should have gotten one just to try because usually if I see something that uh, – doesn't quite make good sense to me, then I buy it and try it out. But uh, it was like the the cup that the amaryllis bulb was in was pretty much the same size as the bulb. So I'm, you know, moisture-wise and everything else, I don't know how that's, unless that was just uh, a container that was to sell it, and then you'd be potting it up in a potting mix yourself. So other things... Uh, that bloom very easily to grow inside. Some of the hyacinths through the wintertime, there's a couple different varieties of the hyacinth, but uh, that's really uh, something that can be just nice and enjoyable as we almost sounds like we're going to start heading to winter sometime soon. But uh, let's head over to uh, Gloria's. Hi, Gloria. Hello. Hi. Now, uh, what was I going? I'm sorry. I'm not trying to ask a question. I was trying to get the uh, where I could hear you. What's going on the other way? So I made a mistake. 
Oh, okay. So you don't have a question? No, I don't. Not not really, because most of the things I hear you talking about, I already know. Okay, sounds good. Thank Thanks, Gloria. And uh, other things that you need to be doing in your outdoors. Something is called deep root feeding, and deep root feeding is where you auger holes around trees and you backfill those holes with compost. And so consequently, by doing that, you go about halfway out from the trunk to the drip line, so the extension of the branches. You auger holes with an electric drill bit, an earth auger, and the, the drill bit's about an inch or so. You auger down about six or eight inches with the drill bit, and then you backfill that with compost, as I said. Then you go over, you, so you just make a circle all the way around with the circle being about each hole being two feet apart and then each circle moving outwards towards the drip line uh, about two feet apart. And you do that every couple years. And what you're doing is you're not directly feeding your tree that you're doing this around. You're feeding the soil. And as I constantly say, healthy soil is the best way to have good plants. So now let's head over to Shirley's yard. Hi, Shirley. I have a daisy plant. It's not like the stem daisies. This grows into like a bush, and it blooms sort of, sort of later in the summer. And I was wanting to know, do I cut that down in the fall, or you, do I just leave it go and well, let it sprout new? Or? It basically depends upon the variety that it is, but you can cut it. It's an aesthetic thing. You don't have to cut it. Okay. So if it's a hardy variety, then it should come back, you know, fine. Yeah. Should not have any trouble with it at all. Yeah. What it was, I had it in my back bedding plants, and then it kind of, kind of overcrowded with my other flowers. So I put it out in front, and they just, like, tripled in size. <laughs> They're like a round bush. <laughs> and it was really pretty. I got more compliments on it, you know. Well, great. So I don't need to cut it down. Should I no. cover it with something at the you know, near the root system there at the bottom? Yeah, if you want to do that. But again, no more than one to two inches at the most. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for your service. I appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for Bye. having me on your show. And now let's go and see what's going on in Bill's yard. Hi, Bill. Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, hey, I've got some um, lamb's ear that I was using as kind of a border ground cover kind of deal. Right. And it, and it looked great for a couple of years. And then third, fourth year, it's starting to get kind of scraggly looking. Uh, and I was wondering, should I try fertilizing it or, or moving it maybe? Does it, does it starve itself out? No, basically, as far as fertilizing, they don't really need a whole lot of fertilizer. But if the soil was healthy and everything else... Why it went downhill is a little bit hard to say because usually they just get thicker and thicker. They, I mean, as a border, they don't work so well because, they, you know, like I say, they get wider and everything else. So why you're having trouble with them, I'm not exactly sure. The only thing they really don't like is a, an abundance of water. Oh, well, that could be part of the problem, I guess. Okay. Well, maybe I'll try moving some of them and see what happens. Yeah, just make sure that it's a really well-drained area and bright sun. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. Yep.
And now let's go to Chris's yard. Hi, Chris. Hi. Um, I've got some snapdragons that I cut back, and they started to grow back already. And Ooh. in the pots they're in outside, or and they're possibly to move inside. Uh, I would say just leave them alone. Will they come back next year again? That's going to be a roll of the dice. Sometimes they do. Okay. It depends upon location and everything else. But definitely don't bother moving them inside, especially if they're in the ground. If they were in a pot, then maybe you could try to move them inside. But I would say I wouldn't bother with it. Now, they're in too big a pot to move inside. Oh. They're in concrete uh, barrel-type pots. Oh, okay. So yeah, and just some- yeah. If they're in some, if they're in cement, now that can be kind of a little bit uh, on the alkaline side. So that may be part of the problem. But uh, just in, next year, when you fertilize, make sure that you, the fertilizer you're using is for acid-loving plants, so you can compensate for the alkalinity of the concrete pot or concrete pot. Okay. And then I have some butterfly bushes that also showed some new growth in November. That's just let them go. Yeah, absolutely. A lot okay. of plants where you got, uh, you know, as I walk around and stuff, we're doing a resurge, and uh-huh. later later in the season, and there's nothing you can do. I mean, pruning it off or anything is not going to make any difference. Okay. Well, thank you. Yep. Appreciate it. Sure, my pleasure. And let's see. Well, why don't we go ahead and take a break? 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's see what's going on in Jim's yard. Hi, Jim. Hey, Mike. Um, I had an area, and I think it's called Creeping Jenny. It's a ground cover that's kind of yellow. Is that the right name for that? It could be, yes. You know? Yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, I planted it, and it grows like crazy. Yes. Um, I, had it, I had it for about a year, and then I noticed um, all the foliage was, like, starting to be eaten away. And when you got a closer look, there were bugs that were eating it well i sprayed it and that seemed to kind of help but then they just within a couple weeks came right back sprayed it again and it just kind of totally i mean it was a big area maybe um 10 foot by 10 foot it just totally died um is is that sort of normal do you know or um well i have i have some that i grow in between my sidewalk and the street and I don't, you know, I don't have an insect problem with it. The only problem that I have is if there's a small dip or something where water may sit a little bit longer than the other things. But it's pretty tough and durable stuff. So I'm yeah, surprised that you're, you have this problem. Yeah, I, I was too. Um, and does that stay yellow all all season or and because it seemed like mine started to kind of turn green um you know yeah i can do that i mean it will yeah the yellow is you know kind of in the springtime when it's really bright 
And as the season goes uh-huh. on, because of heat or certain, I don't know exactly what specifically causes it, but it can revert to, uh, like you're saying, a greenish tone. Okay. All right. And and one last real quick question. Um, this year, I had uh, I have some box boxwoods that are pretty old, and um, and like everybody else's boxwoods in the neighborhood. They got like dead spots, uh, you know, about the size of maybe a, a six or eight inch circle in different areas of the plant. But the plant was actually still alive, and I just cut those dead spots out. Do you think that those will eventually fill back in? Generally, they don't. Okay, that's, that's not what to I say thought. they won't, but that's not going to be the normal case due to our weather and lots of other factors. And all those, uh, let's say, dead locations were related to weather. Yeah, yeah. It was really kind of a weird uh, event. And like I said, everybody that had boxwoods in the neighborhood, theirs all did the same thing. Right. So, yeah. Okay, Mike. Well, that's all I needed. Thanks for the info. Sure, my pleasure. And now let's see what's going on in Danny's yard. Hi, Danny. Uh, yes. Hi, Mike. Hi. I, uh, I've got some boxwoods um, that are shaped uh, like into pyramids, and I didn't uh, prune them uh, this last spring. Okay. Uh, and is it too late now to kind of prune them? Yeah, or? I wouldn't do it going into wintertime. So I would wait until we come out of wintertime sometime after uh, mid to late March and do the pruning at that time. Okay. I've also got a small Japanese maple. Um, when is the best time? I heard they don't like to be pruned like in the spring. Or, uh, I'm not sure when to prune that. Yeah, the maples in general prefer to be pruned during dormancy, so during the wintertime. So whether okay. it's all, is, is now uh, too early? Uh, you're probably okay to do it now. Okay, great. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Sure. And with as far as your boxwood, too, if you don't necessarily have to prune it, you're only pruning because you want to. I know you. Right. it's pyramidal shape and everything else, but uh, rather than using a hedge trimmer, if you only have a few branches or twigs or whatever that are outgrowing the pyramidal shape, I'd hand prune those as opposed to using any kind of hedge trimmer. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, the design was, I guess, that they were supposed to meet at the front of the house and kind of give you a, but, um, so is that bad if we're, if we're pruning them too much? Uh, is that Well, that what you can them? do is you can get them to the point where there's no longer viable buds, you know, left on the twigs because, or on the branches because of the age, and then you start getting larger dead, you know, dead areas. That just don't leave oh, out. Oh, so you want to? So you you rather? Uh, is it better than to let them have viable buds so that they don't get the large dead areas? Right, that's sort of the advantage. But you know, because I mean, they've been pruned into a very unnatural shape, and consequently, they grow generally like a beach ball. And when you try to make them into a you know a pyramid or a cone or whatever. 
that's you know detriment detrimental, especially as you get near the top. Okay. So then take it easy on the pruning to avoid the large that areas the gentleman before just right. referenced. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Yep, That's my helpful. pleasure. And now let's see what's going on in Nancy's yard. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Mike. Hi. I just wanted to tell you that the amaryllis you were talking about, the bulb is waxed dip. Whoa. And, and uh, all you do is set it on a table or set it somewhere in bright light, and they're beautiful. You don't do anything to them. Uh, I've had them. I, this is the third year I've had them. You're and kidding. You can, and you can get them right now at Trader Joe's in De Pere, or it was last week they still had some. And they're the giant red ones. And I know last year when it blooms, I cut off the stalk, and I got new stalks, and I ended up with four different stalks. And then as it goes along, the the bulb gets smaller and smaller. And I've had uh, a friend who took the wax off and replanted it and said that it grew just fine. But that I don't bother. It's only seven ninety five at Trader Joe's in the pair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I and then yeah, I saw them at uh, Deerberg's. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, and then I also want to tell you that at Trader Joe's in the pair, they had rosemary trees last week. Oh, you're kidding! Well, and great. I think well, they were, yeah, I think they were like ten ninety nine. That's not bad. No, it's a and they were good size and really healthy, but. Things, especially in their plant department, go fast. So, yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, and and also the bird seed that is infused with hot sauce works really, really good to keep squirrels away. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, okay, I'm done. All right, great. Well, thanks, <laughs> Thank Nancy. You. Yeah, thanks for the insight. And uh, now let's go to Judy's yard. Hi, Judy. Hello. Hi. Hi, I've got uh, I've got a line on those amaryllis. I buy uh, I guess the cheaper kind at the hardware store. I've been buying them for years, and it comes with a pellet of soil. So you take them out of that container, right? Uh, mix up your soil and plant them in that, and then you water them, you know, through the season, put them in the sun. Sure. Now I buy them for my sisters, and we have a competition about whose blooms first. <laughs> we have been doing this. For years, for years. So, and then if you're going to buy it, uh, I open the box, each box as I'm trying to find one, because sometimes they'll even bloom in the box. They'll root, they'll start growing in the box. So I go around, they don't like me when I come, because I open each box and look until I find one that hasn't started to uh, uh, grow. So, uh, but they're very, they're lots of fun, and uh, it's, it keeps Christmas going for a long time. When Absolutely. Got, when you're watching your bloom. Right. So, yeah, you can try that one. Thank you. So, Oh, and I've been listening to you for all that whole 30 years. Wow. Thank you. Thank sure. you. Sure. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me on your show. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Tim and Nancy, we're going to be talking to you when we come back from break. Let's head over to Tim's yard. Hi, Tim. Hi, Mike. Hey, a couple quick questions for sure. you. Um, I, I've got, I live on a lake over in Greenville, Illinois, 
and I've got two magnolia trees right down by the water, and all of a sudden they've got these great big fuzzy buds. Both of them need pruning right now just to clean them up around, you know, closer to the ground. Is it okay to do that this time of year? You can prune them this time of year, but you're pruning off the fuzzy buds. That's next year's flowers, so what you're doing is eliminating flowers. So yeah, and it's just it, it's just real. They're real close. The stuff that's close to the ground, it just looks overgrown, and I want to clean it up, you know, closer to the trunk. Yeah, I would say wait until we come out of wintertime, just in case. Okay, so let, let the flowers bloom and then, then give it a pruning. Exactly. That's the ideal time to do it. Okay, thank you. Another quick question as well. I've been looking to get a couple pine trees, and there's a tree farm that sells Christmas trees, and they've got a couple nice white pines in, uh, you know, the burlap-wrapped um, root, root, root ball. Right. Any tips for planting those this time of year? Uh, just three times the diameter of the root ball for the hole, but only about 80% as deep, and definitely don't plant them close to the water. Right, right. Now I'm going to plant them way, way up from the water close okay. to my yard. Right. Okay. Very good. Thank you for your help, Mike. Yep. Just remember to leave the top of the root ball above the surrounding ground, so that's really crucial. Okay. All right. Very good. Thanks, Thank Tim. you. Yep. And now... Yep. Let's go to Nancy's yard. Hi, Nancy. All right. Very good. Yep. And now let's go to Nancy's yard. Hi, Nancy. Hello, Nancy. Oh, Nancy gave up. Is that AJ? AJ. Hi. How's it going? Very good. Go ahead. Um, two questions for you. When is the best time to core aerate and when is the best time to dethatch a yard? Dethatching, depending upon the type of grass you have, dethatching would be when, uh, with a cool season lawn, you can do it. It's a, probably a little bit late now because we don't know how soon it's going to get really cold because dethatching exposes the crown. And then if it got really cold, it could do some damage due related to the cold. And so with the dethatching, you want to do the zoysia, which is a warm season grass. You want to do that when it actively starts growing and turning green in the springtime. And with a cool season, you want to do it later in the season, sometime in, uh, oh, let's say right before the new surge of growth out of coming out of summer, so mid to late August. Okay, sounds good. Thanks a lot. Yep, my pleasure. And we do have some phone lines open and a few more minutes to go. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. So with the uh, core aeration, though, you want to do that during the dormancy. You're better off to do it. So in the wintertime when you want to get out and work in the yard, that's when you do the core aeration. That's with the earth auger and the electric drill bit, or electric drill, and then backfilling with compost. So that's the ideal time to do that. And with raise, you know, raising your beds, that's kind of like, let's make an analogy with it. You know, when you're kind of sleepy, isn't it nicer to sleep on a thicker mattress? And that's what doing, adding organic matter to your soil does it creates a good thick viable nutrient rich mattress 
for your plant material where versus sleeping on bricks. And what I mean by bricks is unimproved clay soil is kind of like sleeping on a brick or a bed of bricks. So, yes, you could probably sleep and certain things can survive, but it would prefer to have a thicker mattress than unimproved clay soils. And let's go over to Kent's yard. Hi, Kent. Hey, Mike. I have a, an older uh, salt, uh, salt maple and a tulip tree. Uh, is now a good time to prune them or... The tulip tree, no, because you're basically cut. I'm assuming you're talking about the one that has kind of the yellowish orange flower. Or are we talking about a magnolia? And with the soft maple, wintertime with any of the maples is a better time to do the pruning because of uh, sap flow. You still there? Guess not. Uh, if you do have pecan or hickory trees and you start to see the nuts having holes in them, this is a beetle. It's called a pecan weevil. And in August and September, they emerge from a grub stage and then they head for the closest nearby pecan or hickory tree. The female will then puncture a small hole into the immature nut as it's forming, and it deposits eggs into the nut. And then consequently, what happens is those eggs will hatch, then they eat the immature nut, and it creates a major problem. So that's what pecan weevil, if you do have holes in any of your pecan or hickory nuts as they're coming out of the tree. So just kind of keep that under control. And they are, you know, it is a beetle, so it is a grub. So grub control, hmm, <sighs> it's somewhat effective, but it's not always going to be all that great. So what happens is they'll exit after they eat the inside of the nut. The larvae will mature, and it exits a, eats a hole to exit, then it falls to the ground and burrow, and then burrows down in the ground. And as a grub spends about uh, its time about 12 inches deep, which is kind of deep. And that's why the grub controls are not really all that effective because they're so deep. Grub controls mainly kill grubs. They're within the top two to three inches of the soil. Anything any deeper than that, then it doesn't do much good. So kind of, you know, keep that uh, in mind. Other things that you need to be taking care of, you can do some, you know, pruning on the plant material, but I would stay away from doing any kind of pruning on any kind of evergreens, especially broadleaf evergreens. The needles, conifers, those, uh, it's kind of okay, but I, you know, it's not the ideal time to do it. Going into wintertime, maples are the really the only tree that uh, would prefer to be pruned during the wintertime. So just, you know, keep that in mind. Again, I'm going to go back to the house plants. Just watch out where you place, whether it's a seasonal house plant or, you know, a new one that you're just, you know, that you just got 
or one that you've had for a while. Watch out for the heat vents. Watch out for cold air coming in the doors and things like that because it can do, you know, it can create a bad impact. And the seasonal lighting, know that there can be some damage as a result of that, especially with the inflatables. Some of the houses I've seen have so many inflatables, it's almost like when they're deflated during the day, their yard is covered with plastic, and that creates a humidity problem, and it can be detrimental to not only lawn, but to other plant material as well. So thanks to everybody for calling in. I greatly appreciate it. Mike Miller, KM Walks Garden Hotline. I will see you next week.